What are the long box guys going to do tonight, Brain? The same thing the long box guys do every night, Pinky. Drink and talk about comics. They're useless to taking over the world. Yes. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Long Box, guys. My name is Tom Strange. With me, as always, are some of my very favorite people on the planet and my best friend since I was a little kid. Tommy, how you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing okay, and I am drinking some Berkshire Mountain Distillers bourbon whiskey. Uh, bourbon whiskey That's sounds delicious. delicious. I like yes. hearing that. <laughs> Mikey, how you doing? What are you drinking, pal? I'm doing great. I am just uh, drinking some root beer because I just got out of work. Just get out of work. That's good. You're a hardworking man. Josh, how you doing? What are you drinking over there? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm drinking uh, a double spring from Vitamin C Brewing in Braintree, Massachusetts. They make some damn fine IPAs. Damn fine IPAs. And I'm over here drinking uh, a little Tennessee whiskey. Gold number seven, Jack Daniels. Delicious. I've been sober as a monk for three days. Three days. Three days. I was on a long road trip. Don't like to drink when I'm on road trips because I wake up thirsty. I didn't need to stop anymore for drinks. (laughs) But as long as we have a glass in hand, everyone raise a glass. We lost another great one this week, uh, George Perez. Indeed. By the way, when... um, Mike initially uh, said this for some reason in my head. I had George Perez mixed up with a, a comic I didn't like. I'm like, what do we care? <laughs> I had the same reaction. Did George, you? You're I, thinking George Lopez? I was I thinking so. George Lopez. Like a comic who's known more for stealing other people's jokes than anything else in his repertoire. No, I don't care. He, you know, I'm not happy he died. <laughs> not like I'm going to mourn him. Side note, he didn't. He didn't what? Die. No, no, George Lopez, still alive and well, so if you're a comic, make sure you write some notes about when you wrote your jokes, if Mr. Lopez is in the audience. Just as a side note. (laughs) Hey, calling him out. Don't care. Okay. Uh, But we did lose one of the greats. Mike, you want to give us a little bit of a backstory, a little insight on why uh, uh, Mr. Uh, 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 Thank you. Was was such an influence? Yeah, so... If you have read DC or Marvel comics, you've probably seen George Perez's work. He, to say that he, I would say if you were going to do a Mount Rushmore of artists, for me, uh, it would be Neil Adams, George Perez, Jose Luis Garcia, and uh, maybe Sean Murphy. Uh, Kirk, Kirby's not up there? Yeah, he's, he's up there. Uh, but... I don't like Kirby's artwork as much as I liked George Perez. He started off at Marvel Comics. He did a uh, a feature in one of their horror books back in the early 1970s and then moved on to be quickly to become a full-time artist over at Marvel working on their Kung Fu uh, comic book, which was like a large life-size, you know, uh, magazine-style comic book. He was one of the co-creators of the first Puerto Rican superhero in all of comics, and that's the White Tiger. Uh, George eventually went on to work on the Fantastic Four and some of the horror comics. Then uh, 
he really gained notoriety for his work on the Avengers. To say that he was a great artist, I just want to put this in perspective. He drew Steve Rogers and Clinton Barton, both white blonde dudes with blue eyes, and you could tell the difference between those two characters. (laughs) (laughs) Which... It ain't easy when there's no masks on. You're like, oh, that's Steve Rogers. Oh, that's Clinton Barton. I got it. Um, when he went over to DC Comics, he was really wanted to, uh, he, you know, he had just come from doing the Avengers. He was like, yeah, I want the Justice League. They're like, I can't have the Justice League. Uh, but do you want to work on the new Teen Titans? And he was like, I'll work on the new Teen Titans if you give me the Justice League also. So uh, he started working with um, Marv Wolfman on the new Teton Titans. And to say, like, the Teen Titans that everybody knows is from Wolfman and Perez's Teen Titans. It's, uh, you know, it's got Robin uh, later becoming Nightwing in the series. It's got you know, Gar Logan, the Changeling, or Beast Boy, depending on what iteration. Uh, they created Cyborg, Raven, and Starfire uh, for that comic book. So, uh, along with just about every major villain in the Titans universe, was created by these two, uh, you know, Wolfman and Perez. And. Because he was doing the Titans, they let him do the covers of a bunch of Justice League comics. But when you needed somebody to draw a massive amount of characters, this is where George Perez shined. Uh, for I'll just give you two books. Over at, he did the crossover uh, when the. Justice League of America and the Avengers had a crossover. There was nobody else in comics that you would want doing it rather than George Perez. And it was amazing. His art style uh, blended perfectly. The Justice League and uh, Avengers looked amazing. And then Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, which is really his major work because he would... It was like a who's where's Waldo book for superheroes because you would just look at this giant splash page and it would be, okay. let me see if I could pick out everybody who's in it. Uh, I would have to as I was reading Crisis on Infinite Earths, I was going to my DC's who's who to try to figure out who is that guy. I need to figure that out. That actually brings me to my favorite George Perez, and that is the who's who. When you said who's who, you kind of threw me. So I'm like, oh, that's my fave because he did those covers. And uh, that really is the who's who is like a Where's Waldo. When you open up those uh, the uh, the who's who book, it's got everyone who's in that who's who. And he does it so well. Like everyone's overlaid on top of each other, all looking great. It's terrific. Yeah. So my my favorite is when he did the Teen Titans story, Who is Donna Troy? So that story was not you know your typical action story which george perez did awesome but it was a a story about donna troy being taken as a baby by wonder woman back to themiscara and being raised as one of the amazons 
And that's how she became Wonder Girl. And uh, it was just the the emotion and everything that was plotted out in that book and drawn by, by George Perez was just amazing. So it was another Who's book by George Perez. And speaking of the Teen Titans, this is what I find amazing. He he created the character of Jericho. And the whole reason behind creating Jericho, who was mute, was so that Perez would have to be forced to convey all of the character's emotions through his face. And he learned how he learned sign language in order to get this when he when Jericho was signing the signs right. Um it's just an amazing accomplishment. If you read any of the the New Teen Titans and when Jericho comes in, like the emotions, you just look at the panel and you know what this guy is feeling. Uh, it's just incredible. Uh, and let's not forget, he also was a writer, too. He was the man behind after Crisis on Infinite Earths. They were going to reboot Wonder Woman, and they picked George Perez. So he was writing and drawing the relaunch of Wonder Woman, and he tried to bring Wonder Woman back more to her uh, deity roots in the um, the second volume of Wonder Woman. Um, and uh, but it, his covers are just so amazing. I uh, there are. Like when you talk about cover artists, like George Perez's covers just had so much going on in them. They were amazing. If you, uh, We talked last week about Neil Adams, who sadly these two titans passed away within eight days of each other. When I think of a cover of Superman, there are two Superman iconic images that come to mind. One is Superman with the kryptonite chain and breaking it off, and that is Neil Adams. And the other one is Superman holding Supergirl on the cover of Crisis on Infinite Earths where she's dead and just weeping. And all the other heroes just behind, just all mourning the loss of Supergirl, and uh, those are the two, you know, and that's that's definitely George Perez at his finest. But he also I, did uh, uh, War of the Gods. He did Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. I mean, shit, shit. There was there's not much else you could say about his work except for. If you follow a bunch of comic book artists and writers on Twitter, you will see that to a T, everybody would say George Perez, the nicest guy in comic books. No one had a bad word to say about him, uh, to my knowledge, ever. Like, he's like, it's like, that's very rare. He reminds me of another artist that Josh loves, uh, which is Sergio Aragones, uh, in as much as they are universally beloved. And uh, they pack a lot of art into every inch of a comic book. Uh, sometimes I, I even think of those guys a little bit together in my mind. Uh, Sergio, of course, much more you know comic booky, uh, comedy wise. But uh, they just they used they used every inch, and they didn't always have to fill up every inch, but they always used every inch. Uh, and also, I would have to say that um, Mr. Perez was just so great at. Uh, not only the subtleties, like you said, Jericho's face was um, it was an open book. You knew everything Jericho uh, was was saying just by his expression, and for a guy with a perm, that's pretty good. Yeah, 
It's a very unfortunate haircut he chose, but still, the blood perm was wouldn't have been my first choice. Uh, but his face was an open book, and uh, that's that's much to his credit. But he was also great at the action too. He's like one of my favorite kinetic guys because when uh, if you look at the Who's Who's cover, everyone's moving, and you can tell what direction they're moving, which isn't always easy. And you know, on something like that, where you know everyone's just in a, a weird pose, but they're all supposed to be jumping around in different, you know, kind of ways or coming across the page differently. He really puts that sort of action out there in a way that's easy to take in. Sorry if that came out mangled, but that's what I wanted to say. No, no, that's fine. He was uh, also a. Do uh, you guys were with me when we went to see him uh, do the panel at uh, Dragon Con? And we were in a giant panel, and he was very gracious. He was, at that time, uh, had started his battle with cancer and was not doing well, but he tried to make it a point to be on the floor as much as possible to talk with the fans because he didn't know how much longer he had. Yeah, I'm so glad we got to meet him. I'm so glad we got to meet Neil. So, so very glad we got to meet Stan Lee that one time. Um, I mean, this this is the time of this is this is where we're going to start losing some of those great early comic book artists and writers. So, show me love while you can. That's that's I guess that's the lesson we're learning from this week. Yeah. Yep. Show yeah. them some love. Any other comments on George Perez? I mean, I only, uh, like, briefly, like, in passing, met him casually at cons. Um, but you could see he was so engaged with people at conventions. He was one of those people you could tell was genuinely happy to be there. He genuinely wanted to talk to people about things that interested them both. And he was he was definitely not one of those lip service i'm here to have signatures on books kind of get paid for that and go home guys you can see he was really he was a genuine person and he really wanted to talk to the talk to fans his line moved maddeningly slow because of him because he would talk to you he would say hey i like this comic book oh me too you know i was doing this i was doing that it's like if you're in sergio godis's line not to beat a dead horse and he starts speaking spanish that's it yeah. Line stops. <laughs> yeah, they were like they were like fan car wrecks, right? Because people yeah. would start piling up as he told stories, right? And so and then we'd all listen in. Yeah, we everyone would try yeah. to listen in over here, and it was it was, he was a good, he, by all accounts, seemed like a a nice person, and and was really there, uh, you know, speaking to people like especially as fans, how we like how we like to interact with the people, you know, we want to meet. Yeah, he was as excited to talk as you were to listen. That's rare. So I'm going to just name some of the more than 60 characters that George Perez helped create, including Brother Blood, Adrian Chase, for everybody who watched the uh, Vigilante on Peacemaker, (laughs) uh, Cheshire, Cyborg, Deathstroke, The Fearsome Five, Hive, Harbinger, Dr. Light, Hades, Jericho, Jocasta, 
um, Lady Quark. Okay, we made it past Jack of Hearts. I'm good. Keep going. <laughs> uh, the Monitor and the Anti-Monitor, Nightwing, um, Ravenger, Raven, Silver Swan, Starfire, Taskmaster, Terra, uh, Trigon, oh. the Vigilante, uh, White Tiger, and, yeah. Yeah, we talked a little bit uh, last week about how some of these artists really get their start in the horror comics and those kung fu comics. Another great example, like you already said. And I loved, loved, loved those uh, kung fu black and white magazines uh, when I was a kid. I thought I was learning kung fu from them. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't learning dick. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was because there'd usually be like, you know, four or five panels at the end of how to throw a proper punch or whatever. Uh and I love those. I loved those. Uh, but, uh, yeah. But and they were good. They were good. Yeah. We could do a podcast for well, the next year on just characters that oh, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> he created. Indeed. And, yeah, and he basically started, well, we, essentially the year I was born. Yeah. We could also do that by accident, which is really incredible. We can accidentally do that without planning it at all. Oh, yeah. Those characters are all good, all worthy of a podcast, and, you know, yep. they're right there. He started the year you were born. Is that right, Josh? I'm sorry. Yeah, I think he started a Marvel in 73 or 74. I think I think he started as an assistant in 73, and he got his first publishing credit in 74. So, yeah, he basically started the year I was born. Well, it was the guy that just ordered off the 55-plus menu. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, young <laughs> bastard. And he did he did pencil a lot of those, uh, some of those early X-Men, and so he's he really is sort of started that. He started to be just in that modern style just a little bit for some of the X-Men. It was, and yeah. and it, it brought over the Teen Titans, too. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that uh, the new Teen Titans cover where they're all like Justice, you know, Justice Leaguing it out over, you know, that that sort of sun spread yeah, as yeah. they come over, and I'm like, it's such a common cover, and then you realize he made it that it's that he's <laughs> the one. It's a yeah. common cover because George Perez does him. it all the time. He it's is not, not, not copying anybody. It's, yeah. it's, that's what George Perez does, and I'm like, oh, that's that's a pretty common like trope right for covers and you realize no that's that's just George for us he would be hard pressed to steal from anybody yes yeah. <laughs> like maybe he could put some dots around a fist and Kirby's like hey hey Bam. what you doing there, Bill? that's about it <laughs> not a lot else comes to mind <laughs> right off the bat uh it's. I'm glad we're talking about someone in, in such a positive way, um, and because he was a positive guy. The few times I interacted with him, he, he was always positive and upbeat, and just a, a loving guy. Love to have that as part of our, our, uh, you know, our our collective nerd culture. Most of our heroes we've met, at least, have all been terrific, but these two are outstandingly terrific. Yep. Let's not lose any. I know it comes in threes, but God damn it, I don't. I hope not. Yeah. Oh shit! I should have never said Jose Luis Garcia when I was talking I about said, my Russian. I should have said yeah. the guy I said because he's up there too. So I should have said my guy. 
Jack Kirby's already dead. You don't have to worry. I was talking about the other fellow that I talked about. You know who's my favorite? Andy Dick. <laughs> Andy Dick. Oh, he can do no wrong. He can do no right. Uh, well, I guess that's almost uh, everything we can say about the man, the legacy. I mean, we can actually talk about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, you know, good at every little bit of the comic book art, you know, uh, when it came to covers, when it came to kinetic, when it came to just facial expressions. I love what you said about the two white guys, because you could tell his characters apart. You know, it wasn't all overly muscled in pouches for you to get who he is. It's a gentle rib. It's a gentle rib. <laughs> Gentle. <laughs> There's some artists you see and you look at them like, those muscles don't exist. Oh, I know who that is. Let me just That's... say one last thing about George Perez uh, and Marv Wolfman. They were truly a team because even though George Perez was doing the pencils for the Teen Titans, he plotted everything out with Marv Wolfman. And they. that's why they took – they were a true team because they plotted out everything. Then Marv wrote the scripts and then George did the uh, pencils for it afterwards. So, uh, and George Perez in the, 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 the last time I heard him talking, he was talking about how he appreciated Marv Wolfman uh, for allowing him to help plot because he said it made him better later on as a writer by working with somebody who is, you know, George Perez, everybody loves him, super gracious, and always willing to give other people credit. And that's not always something that comes up in comic books. Uh, even comic book critters and artists we like sometimes are a little bit more not as giving, <laughs> to say yes. the least. Yeah. All right. Surprise. I, I, uh, so I went out and, you know, I, I went on Twitter and I, I looked at some popular artists and writers and thought, oh, you know, maybe if I can pull something, some anecdote off about George Perez, that'd be nice for the podcast. And one of the ones I specifically went to was Marv Wolfman. And I was surprised there was, there was, uh, there was no comment there. Cause he's dead. Marv Wolfman. I don't know. He tweeted like a week ago. So is he dead? That's Marv- no, Denny O'Neill's dead. Sorry. <laughs> damn it! I might have just killed Marv Wolfman. God damn it, Mike! Stop trying to do. He's doing some weird shit from beyond the grave with Twitter. He's on the you know the spiritual link with Elon Musk or whatever. But no, I, I was just surprised. That's all. It might be too soon. It could be. Yeah. I mean, they were real uh, close. absolutely. They're, uh, certainly, it wouldn't be the first thing I thought of when I, someone I loved passed away. I wouldn't be like, God damn it, I love you. I if anything happens to any of you guys, it's going to be a while before my social media tells anything about you. Yeah, and it's not like Marv Wolfman is constantly on Twitter anyways. It... No, there's some big gaps. Yeah, he's not exactly. Uh, he's he's put a tweet out every two or three months. Yeah. Yeah, he's not active. Say, but he's still know. got a blog. <laughs> he calls it a blog. I think Uncle Tony has more. Uh, Uncle Tony is a Bella has more uh, tweets. He, he's at least good for two a week. Yeah. This is the sandwich I like this week. Thanks, Uncle Tony. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> I'm having another tag sale. <laughs> he does have a lot we, of tags. We got to get out there to a tag. Sale. I think oh, so. Yeah. I think we really do. We just show up and we just buy it all. Yeah, all <laughs> everything. Right. Pull up Mike Manning. Right? Is it Cleveland? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I, I was going right through Cleveland. What? You could have oh, stopped. Stop. Uh, <laughs> I had too many stops as was. Well, it's just one tag sale. You can't go to one tag sale on the way across country. Sad. I would have that tag sale. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start having to monitor that account. We'll get we'll get a tag sale date. We'll get out there and buy the whole thing. We'll fly out Every, there. We'll, get some we'll haggle though. Well, we, we'll, haggle. we'll take it all. But this is our price. <laughs> this is our price. Can you do a little better on this, Barb? We're bundling. We're bundling. <laughs> Come on, say, Barb, you're a saint. We want to get you up to full sainthood here. Yeah. <laughs> Ten more bucks down, and I think we can make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> do you see we brought a shipping container with us, right? Yeah. We're not trying to go home empty-handed. You're making us go out and <laughs> if you don't come down ten more dollars. <laughs> and some cookies. She looks like a good cook. That might be a stereotype of the Midwest, but damn it, Barbara looks like she can cook. Could be. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Could be. Tony probably has a good bolognese sauce tucked away too. Yeah. Oh definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You see him throwing on the apron. All right, Mikey, that brings us to the front of the law box. Where do you got the front of the long box? I have nothing at the front of the long box. All right, Tommy, anything at the back of the long box? Were we too sad? I, I have Star Wars Omnibus Dark Times. This is a story about right after Order 66 when the Jedi are being hunted, and this is a story of Master Dasp Janeer, who realizes that he needs to change his lifestyle if he wants to survive. Uh, he goes back to Coruscant and quickly realizes that he needs to remain anonymous, ditches Jedi robes and picks up a blaster and heads back out into the galaxy uh, to find a, a different way to live. Uh, and ends up uh, fighting some of the clones that he once served with uh, and taking up different causes and ekes out a living and befriends a new crew. And it's a it's a pretty decent a uh, pretty decent Star Wars story um, about that time when the the Republic was falling. Right. I have a very weird three to eighteen this week. Okay, right. I had a weird conversation with my niece about how many people have to be on a boat for there to be a captain. Like obviously, if you're in a canoe, there's no captain. Anyone's in charge of the canoe, right? But well, the guy with the paddle is the guy is the captain on a canoe. <laughs> it's a canoe. The canoe the there's two master. guys with two paddles. What, are you gonna battle it out? Well, I mean, the skipper and Gilligan. There's still a pecking order. <laughs> I don't think there is in a canoe. So three to eighteen. How many people do you have to be in charge of, or is it just one person in charge, even if it's a two-person crew to have a captain? I know it's a little esoteric. But if you're on a sunfish by yourself, you don't think of yourself as the captain. Well, if you go back to Gilligan's Island, the crew really was just two. The rest were just passengers. It's true. I accept that because the captain was the skipper. You know, you can have a two-man boat and still have a captain. Is that what your supposition is? I'm just saying, becomes, you've laid it out already uh, by saying yeah. Gilligan's Island. Well, That's I don't think Gilligan that you can have a two-man crew with one captain. Okay? 
I'm not sure it's the number of people that you're in charge of that makes up a captain. Okay. I think it's sort of the the size of the boat. You think it's all about the size of the boat? Yeah. Really? Yeah, because you don't have a captain on a raft. Yeah. If you're on a 40-foot sailboat and you're operating yourself, you're the fucking captain of that boat. All right, I'll give I don't you care, that. I don't care if you're alone. Or a catamaran. Or a catamaran. All right, all right. So it's just so you guys think it's just size. Because you can have a small boat, like a fishing boat. It can be smaller than 40. It can be like a 20-foot fishing boat. But there's like still a captain, a crewman, and then you're taking guys out fishing. And I still think that guy's the captain. That's a way smaller boat. So, about, so it's just size, you think? Or maybe it's profession. Right? Maybe maybe, maybe. maybe it's got to be a professional deal. Right? If you're, yeah. if you're doing it for fun, then there's... You're not the captain. You're not really the captain. You might own the boat, but... I don't know. I'm going back to what Josh is saying. If you're doing it just for fun, but it's a 40-foot yacht and you're sailing it to Cuba, you're the captain. Yeah, all right. So I think we can all say the crew size is a max of one. All right. <laughs> to make a captain. <laughs> okay, all right. So crew size of one, you have to have control of the boat, but there's a minimum size. Because once again, one guy in a canoe isn't a captain. No, would, the, would you call the coxswain on a crew boat the captain? I mean, he's telling everybody to row. He already has a name. It's coxswain. And by the way, if I could, like, go to Ireland and get that as a title instead of Lord, oh, I'd be Coxswain Tom right now. <laughs> I don't care how much that title costs. I can make it happen. I know a guy. You know a guy? I know if a guy. Make me an official Coxswain. Let's get do, this done. Do, do you need more than one square foot of land for that title? That's what I want to know. <laughs> for Coxswain? For Coxswain, you need at least 12 inches. We know this for a fact. <laughs> If WAP and Megan the Stallion have taught us nothing, it's that Coxway takes at least 12 inches. That's fair. I listened to so much Megan the Stallion this weekend. So much. So, so much. And if you want to hear more about Tom's weekend, you can go over to patreon.com slash the longbox guys, where we put on an extra podcast every week we do a podcast called The Geek Leak, and you can hear all about all the other geeky things we've been doing other than comic books. Uh, all the money that we make goes to the Elizabeth Peabody house to help feed people who could use a hand. So if you want to do good instead of doing well, go ahead and become a Patreon Patreon for us. Very well, Sweat. And also, we have an OnlyFans page where you can watch Dodger uh, lick himself in the background of Josh even more. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Josh, that was almost a tangent. That's your purview. What tangent do you got for us this week? So earlier we were talking about uh, Tony and uh, the yard sale, garage sale, tag sale. Depends on part of the country and which one of those fits. But it's all people selling shit out of the garage or on their front lawn. And what's the best deal you ever got at a garage sale? I'm looking at you, Mike. <laughs> oh, my God. So Tom's mom was having a garage sale, uh, well, yard sale, whatever you want to call yeah. it. And Tom had sent me money 
to give to her. And so but you I, wouldn't just take money. You had to spend it at the yard sale because you wouldn't like just take money from me in the military. No, 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 the, no too proud. Yeah, so he's like, my mom wants you to go over. She's got my Hulk Hogan, or was it? Uh, the stuffy. Stuffed. The uh, bed buddy. Yeah, yeah, the bed buddy. She was selling at my tax house. Go get that from her and then give her this money. So I went over and I was like, hey, how's it going? Uh, Tom sent me over and I'm like, oh, this toaster. That's great. She's like, well, it doesn't really work. And I'm like, no, no, it'll be a great project to fix. Even uh, she's, better. She, uh, I'm like, it says a dollar on here. How about I give you a hundred dollars? And she's like, what? No, you're a friend of Tom's. You can just have it. So every time I tried to haggle with her and offer her like 20 bucks for this or something, she's like, no, just take it. Just take it. So I end up. Including my grandfather's World War II helmet. So I end up leaving with a fucking car full and no, and I didn't give her any money. And so I then find our friends, Kevin and Chris, this is before Chris was insane. And I'm like, hey, go over. She doesn't know you and give her this fucking money. And I don't care how you do it. So they come back like a half hour later. They were like, that woman was fucking impossible to give the money to. Like we kept on saying, oh, this, this album I've always wanted this album. I'll give you $30 for this album. And she's like, oh, no, you can, you're nice boys. You can have it. <laughs> so finally, they were like, they went over to a cookie jar and they were like, ma'am, there's a whole bunch of cash in this cookie jar and handed it to her like, you must have forgot you put it in there. And then they just fucking took off. <laughs> Because she was like, oh, you're nice boys. Let me give you some of it as a reward for your honesty. Mind you, the house got repossessed that year. Yes. For failure to pay the banknote. Yeah. Because she doesn't understand how yard sales work. (laughs) Or or money. Or money. Or money. (laughs) Or cleaning. There were a lot of problems. (laughs) So, yeah, I made out like a bandit at that yard sale. I, I, you know. Uh, the, luckily, I had access to a dumpster. <laughs> Two things you wouldn't need at that. <laughs> uh, that's a, thank you again, Mike, for that. That was great. <laughs> How no about problem. you, LT? She's, so the least I could do for my I future moved, mother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> so when I moved to Somerville, I bought a brand new TV and VCR, and my roommate. Uh, I won't mention any names, but he's on this podcast, and uh, he shares the same name as me, uh, Tom. Um, uh, happened to leave the door of the apartment open one night when he went to bed. The wind, the cops told us. They came in through the window. They showed us where they cut the screen out. For fuck's sake, Elton. Tom was pretty sure that, that he probably left the door open. I but anyway. admitted I admit that I left the door unlocked, but the cops clearly said they still came in through the window. This is the they year of redemption, man. I'm just, that's all yeah, I'm saying. Zero redemption. Anyway, 
But anyway, I did so... leave the door unlocked, but they came in through the window. They cut where the locks were and opened it and came in. They had a stepladder still there. They didn't have a stepladder. Box, anyway, whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, so so we were without a TV for a little bit, and at a gar- we passed by a, a yard sale like a week or two later. Because uh, I did not have at the time cash to replace it with another new TV, so instead we passed by a yard sale and there was a black and white TV for like five bucks, and I got it. And the guy's like, "Well, I've got this other TV, but the two hundred doesn't really work well, but you can have that too." So I got these two TVs for five bucks, and that got us through our time in Somerville, and we watched all our TV on this like little. I don't know what it was like, maybe like a 15 inch TV or something like that. That yeah. was black and white. <laughs> we watched like Hercules every week on this like tiny little TV in Somerville. We gather around. And then we got cable and we're able to use the big TV <laughs> because it didn't need tuning with cable because <laughs> we had a cable box. <laughs> then we upgraded to Xena. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's funny you should say that because mine's also a TV story. Uh, it was kind of a yard sale, but it was a Goodwill that had uh, a yard sale type atmosphere in the front of it every week. And we, Josh was there for this. We bought this giant TV. How big was this thing? I mean, it seems giant only because it was a CRT TV and it weighed a thousand pounds. Yeah, uh, and it was I in say- a cabinet. I don't it, think was it was probably big. a 19-inch TV. So it was a 19-inch. In a 78-inch <laughs> cabinet. Yeah. I don't mean it was a big screen TV. I mean it was a big-ass big TV. TV. <laughs> yeah. This thing, how much, what did you say the weight was? Uh, it was big. I mean, it, it was, was like, like a two, It was like a dresser with a 19-inch TV. Yeah, and we had to roll say, it So it had to been a 19-inch because the biggest that they made the cabinets with was a 25. And by that point, they were lightweight because the cabinets were made out of particle board and the insides were all like just the, the computer boards. Because yeah, no, I had right. one of those consoles. This was a pile of oak with a CRT glued inside of yeah. it. And so, that thing weighed a ton. And Josh and I had to roll it up the street, roll it into our building. And hook it up, which was no easy feat because it was like just the wires, wires were mangled in the back. It was yeah, it was brutal. We jury rigged that somehow to work. Yeah, it was like and, how many times do you want to get electrocuted to get a signal? Yeah. I don't know. What about this wire? Yeah. <laughs> ah, maybe it took us time. like nine tries to get the right wiring to get the thing to work. And then we're moving and we go to sell it. <laughs> do you remember the guy we sold it to? No. Oh, you don't remember? <laughs> So we wheel it, the guy, we put a little note down, we were selling for 20 bucks or something, and a guy, like, just around the corner wanted to buy it, so we we pulled it around the corner, he goes, well, let me hook my VCR up to it and make sure it works, and he puts the tape in, and it's all these, yeah, you remember now, don't you, Josh? <laughs> it is a video tape of all these girls, I believe they're shitting on a cake. Was that it? Oh, <laughs> They were all shitting on a cake and singing happy birthday. And that's the tape that was in the guy's VCR where he's making sure that it works right because that's what <laughs> to watch. I think I blocked that out of my mind. <sighs> and I'm like, well, 
clearly it works. I mean, you can really see they're shitting at a birthday cake, and they're trying to, oh, they were trying to blow out candles with farts, too. And we're like, can we go? Give us our 20 bucks and we'll go. We want to go. Please don't lock that door. Please don't wear our skin. Let us leave. And he did, and we left. And it was nice. That man's name? Matt Gates. <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> Can't pull up his name. God damn it, I want him dead. Dick, what's his name? Andy Dick. Andy Dick. That man's Andy name, Dick. Andy Dick. Josh, what was your best find? Uh, so you had some I'm... good ones. I've had some good ones, and I am going to attribute this to Bill's father. And I'm also going to attribute some of my future negotiating skills to Bill's example, Bill's, uh, Bill Sr. in this. So Bill and I had just moved off campus to our own apartment on South Street in Bridgewater while we were going to college. And we were doing some, you know, some yard sale surfing to, to trick out the place. We come by, walk start walking around and there's a big old microwave there. I'm like, oh, a microwave. And Bill's father's like taps on it, looks at it, opens it, you know, looks at the guy and goes, How much for the microwave? And the guy's like, thirty bucks. And Bill's like, you know, I've seen a this kind of microwave before. And the guy's like, Really? He's like, Yeah. And they always have problems with the high low button. And the guy's like it does have a problem with the high-low button. It only stays on high. And Bill's father's like, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll give you three bucks for it. And the guy's like, what? You can't go from 30 to 3. And he's like, you're right. I'll give you three bucks for it. <laughs> About 40 minutes later of this, as the guy keeps coming down and Bill holds strong at three dollars we walk out of there with that microwave for three dollars and uh they were not wrong that thing was stuck on high and it was fucking extra high for our entire time there thing boiled water like 18 seconds i don't know i don't know how much of my personal health i suffered at from that microwave being in our home but yeah three bucks the good news, Mr. M uh, Mr. Opera, is uh, you still have sperm. Uh, the bad news is it's one, and it's as big as a frog. And the horrifying news is it wants out. So, yeah. I don't remember that migraine. I remember that apartment vividly. It was on top. Of the, it was sat on top of the refrigerator. Oh yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. The iguana had much better. Uh, uh, space. Then, the, like I was always thinking, should the microwave be here and the iguana be up there? <laughs> but nope, nope, it was the other yeah, way around. That was the lightning storm around the can of corn, too. Yes, that yeah. was a horrifying. Uh, yeah, a horrifying story. Yeah, don't, don't, don't do that, guys. Who did that? Uh, this kid Brian Parsons and Brian. If Brian you're listening, Parsons. I'm surprised you're still alive. 100% surprised. 100% <laughs> surprised. Was that everybody? LT, did you? Yeah, you said yours. All right, I said mine. Yep, all right. Yeah, just plugs. Plugs. June 3rd. 4th. June 4th. Get it on the board. 
June 3rd to 5th, uh, the 4th, Awesome Con in Washington, D.C. at 745. Uh, we will be presenting Horrible Stereotypes. Horrible, 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 horrible stereotypes. stereotypes. Absolutely. And that I would like to thank... Yeah, I'd like to thank Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check him out at kirbycracklemusic.com. And you can always check out our YouTube channel. Just search for The Longbox Guys. Or you can check out our podcast. Search for The Longbox Guys. There you go. We're clever like that. Yeah. And if we're ever lost on a ship, you can also search for The Longbox Guys. Captain of The Longbox Guys. Yeah. Captain? Uh, Depends on the size of the boat. Captain Wilbury. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Cuckold. I'm sorry. Happy Pierre. <laughs> and that'll Careful just about... call Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll just about do it for this this week at the law. Oh, wait, we got a couple more plugs. I just want to thank uh, uh, Tammy and Ian. Yeah. I hey. would like to thank GeekOrthodox.com. <laughs> GeekOrthodox.com Hello, Tammy. GeekOrthodox.com Purveyor of Fine Stained Glass Prints uh, Johnny Skywalker Rocks Glasses Saki Sets, you name it, they got it And if you want t-shirts, you gotta go to IanLino.com, cause that's where all the t-shirts are Yeah I don't have any money to put in the jar But there's a dollar going in the I thought about Tammy's feet jar It's fair Sorry, Tammy <laughs> And that, about, yeah. and that about do it for us this week at the Geek League. And not the Geek League, sorry, at the Longbox, guys. And uh, don't forget what I always say. Don't uh, don't just what you hate. Just promote what you love. Josh, um, Awesome Con, awesome. is that your sector? Awesome Con in Washington, D.C. is my sector. Mike, what is it that this podcast is like to you? It's like drunk history, but for comics. Sweet, sweet Tommy, what do you got to say? I got my I got my second booster shot scheduled for June first. My doctor says I can take it or leave it. Take I'm it. over. Yeah, I might take it. I don't care. Doesn't bother me either way. That third one was a bitch though. God, that knocked take me it out. And give it to I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. Take it like a champ. Take it. Just bend over and take it. Take it. Just take it. I also have to do the colon thing this year. Damn it. Don't forget, uh, that's it for the long That's why I picked a doctor with small, tiny little hands. And on the road.